I'm Sandy Swallow. I'm Okalala Lakota and Northern Cheyenne. I've been an artist for over 30 years and through my artwork have portrayed my heritage. Now I'm starting a brand new venture called Lakota Link and I'm here to share with you and I hope you enjoy it. Lakota Link. Greetings from the home of the Seven Council Fires land of the 1868 Fort Laramie treaties, bringing stories old and new of Lakota values, courage, respect, wisdom, to name a few. Well, good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Hey, I just wanted to thank you for being on Lakota Link and because I know you're a very busy person and have a lot of responsibilities. I um, Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Mark Kenneth Tilson. I'm Oglala Lakota from Porcupine, South Dakota. I'm a poet and educator, and I'm currently a volunteer with the Miniluzaha Creek Patrol and Camp Miniluzaha which is a patrol designed to help and protect our unhoused relatives along uh, Rapid Creek to have a winter camp uh, for our unhoused relatives in the, throughout the city. Okay. Um, I have to be real honest with you, Mark. I, I am not good at pronunciation, and I did not grow up my... My folks did not speak Lakota. So can you explain to people the the meaning of, say it again, please? Mini <laughs> Luzaha. Uh, okay. It's, uh, it's just Rapid Creek. Oh. That's what it means. Okay. Okay. I knew there had to be some real meaning on that. You know, for... Some of my listeners, I mean, part of Lakota Link is to try to to educate people and let them understand, you know, the cultures, uh, perhaps why things are done. And I was wondering if you could kind of explain to them the... I, I know there's been a lot of deaths on the creek and and also that a lot of young people have patrolled. When, when did that start, the patrolling? Uh, the patrol, this iteration of the patrol began in August. Um, it started uh, Marina Allison, who uh, was a member of the West River Tenants Union, called a meeting to address the violence that was going along uh, Rapid City, uh, the, along Rapid Creek. Uh, Danny Marable called the second meeting. And out of that meeting, Muffy Musa and Philippa Dillion called together and organized the first of the Creek patrols of this iteration. Uh, those of us who are on the patrol, we recognize that we're not the first patrol, we're not the last patrol, and what we're doing is just part of a long continued history of trying to look out for our relatives. And we acknowledge that Lakota people have been living along Rapid Creek as long as there's been Lakota people or a Rapid Creek. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from my own perspective, I'm 
an elder throughout the years. I I know um, there have been a lot of deaths, and there has been speculation on the fact that there could be somebody deliberately killing people. That needs to be awareness, you know. We we don't know for sure, I guess, in a way, but there's been so many deaths, and, and this is where I'm very concerned, you know, for uh, the people, the homeless. Uh, with the homeless uh, population there in Rapid City, with the camp, I was up to Standing Rock, and I just felt like it was a living entity because people would come and go so much. And and is that kind of how this camp is, or is it more like a home sort of situation? Well, we're attention. What we're trying to do, like we like, our, you know, our bar is incredibly low, and that's we don't want anybody to die out there. We don't want anybody to freeze. Mm-hmm. And it's humbling to have such a a very low goal but the larger vision is to create a living community and right now like like with all communities it's defined by people who show up and our community that we're serving by nature is transient mm-hmm. yes. so it kind of so it kind of changes uh kind of changes every day about who shows up and what state they're in how their day went where their mind's at where their heart's at where their spirit's at Mm-hmm. And there's some people who they need they need to vent they need to like get some anger or frustration out of their system so they can kind of come back to themselves. Mm-hmm. And how many teepees do you have set up at this point? Uh, we have seven teepees and one more going up, and we're gonna have some more indoor spaces that created. Uh, we have some army tents coming our way. Oh, good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And. Army tents are army tents are a little bit more suited uh, for winter camping than a, a canvas tent. Yes. Or excuse me, a canvas teepee. Yes, I I know we we have a teepee <laughs> in our yard, <laughs> and it's it's awful fun to go out there, but you know to be out there in the cold would be very difficult. I think. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you can do. Like one of the things that all uh, the people used to live in these teepees all over, they're much uh, shorter, and they would have, uh, you know, they had thick buffalo hide, and they even had interior hide liners. And for a winter camp that would be mostly non-mobile, people would save up this uh, buffalo fur that they would find, and use it as an insulator. And they'd also have buffalo robes. So yes. it's like warmth on warmth on warmth on warmth. And the fires were very small and efficient and burned clean. And, and people um, were close together, too, you know. And right. and so that consequently helped, too. Because I know when we go out and sit in our teepee, you know, being an elder, we make sure we're kind of six feet away from other people and stuff. But it really makes a difference to have more people in there. Yeah, I mean that's the balance that we're trying to that's the balance that we're trying to create is creating warm space for people and being and being as covid safe as possible. Do you mind telling where it's at, you know? Yeah, we're not we're not publicizing okay. uh the location. Uh the last time that I can actually I can actually say this on 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 film. Oh, we're okay. Not, I'm 
Yeah, just to uh, give your listeners a heads up, we're not currently publicizing the physical location of the camp. The last time that we had an area where our unhoused relatives were had had the right to be and were allowed to be there, uh, people in pickup trucks tried to run them over. Oh, really? That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Because and, they're um, vulnerable. I mean... For the most part, I mean, if it's the homeless, they, you know, they probably aren't getting enough nutrition and, you know, they have problems, whatever reason they're homeless. But I mean, we should be taking care of them. That's where I feel really strong about. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's, um, it's heartbreaking when you have the unhoused population. It's like, hey, they're, they're not actually doing anything right now. They're just sleeping. They, they're they literally just living and breathing and leaving everyone alone right now. Mm-hmm. And people would come and try to run them over. And so um, out to simplify of like, you know, to simplify the situation, we're not publicizing uh, sure. where our camp is. I can say, though, that it is outside of the city limit and it is Indian trust land that's held, uh, that's owned by um the Oglala, uh the Oglala Lakota, the Sichangu from Rosebud, and uh the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe. And we have permission from the heads of those tribal governments to be there and have this camp. And um if it being outside of city limits, I'm thinking of the logistics of the whole thing. Do you have you know, the availability to have the people brought there? Because I'm sure that they're probably not able to walk there. Uh, some are. Some are able to walk in and out. Um, oh, it's, okay, good. It's not, it's um, not terribly far outside of the city. And uh, we, do, we do offer transport. Oh, okay. How many people are helping with this situation at this point? Uh, there's like a very small, there's a very small core but a larger community of support and we're finding ways to bring uh to connect with people and to bring more people in the the community really really wants to help mm-hmm. and to come out and we've actually we've actually went, we've actually gone very slow and accepting help like until we have our sanitation in order until we have our water figured out until we have our lodging set up and so it's like we're trying to do things in a, in a methodical way that keeps our unhoused relatives focused and centered. Okay. that I think that's really good. That's really a good point. All right. Well, that's okay. I'm kind of a poet, too, although I, I won't say I'm a poet because pe- I know there are real poets, and I just write. <laughs> but... Um, I really want to put in there things that you feel are important that, you know, my base is not that big yet, although it's getting bigger and it's it's kind of all over the United States and a lot in Canada and some in Europe. So I I feel like it's growing, you know. What are some other things you think are important? What I'd like to say is I'm just humbled and honored by the outpouring of support that people, I, I feel like um, 
people have been wanting to help our unhoused relatives and don't know how and like don't like haven't found a way to connect and one of the things that we're finding is there's people who have been doing this on their own not in a coordinated or organized fashion all across the city and there's already existing organizations that want to do this like rapid city like like genuinely the people of rapid city not necessarily the city state organized organization or apparatus but the people of the city want to solve this problem and to see these people taken care of. Yes, and you know, I'm always amazed when certain people will make the comment, you know, that um the homeless want to, you know, have made the trip there to, you know, just because because of rapid and you know, they don't say that about the other homeless people that uh you know, when people are homeless with this COVID problem, that's created a lot. I mean, there's a lot of people that are just on the edge. You know, I'm I'm very thankful my husband uh, worked and has a good pension and, and we have social security, but not everybody has that cushion. And, you know, I think about the young mothers and with children that maybe are just one paycheck away from being homeless. And and I think that's probably why th- there's a lot of good people with good hearts that do want to help. Um, one of the things that we're finding out is like a lot of our working class, uh, a lot of the working class and professional class of Rapid City were homeless at some point in their lives or know and have relatives that were or are. So it's, you know, we're all, we're all a handful of bad, we're all, we're all, we're basically all a, basically a, a month away from being out there ourselves. A couple of bad weeks is all it really takes in America and in rapid to, to end up hot on the streets. That's right. And I've shared this story on Lakota Link before, but I'll share it with you. My husband and I, we ranched for 16 years, and we eventually lost our ranch. And at the end of the time, things were pretty tight, you know, and we we never went without food because we had our food, you know. But uh, Willie Nelson, for heaven's sake, Farm Aid, somebody must have turned our name into them because we got a check for $100, and that kept our electricity on for months. Yeah, you know, a lot of people have faced that. And the ones that have, I don't think they forget. And I think their hearts are are softer and more understanding. They aren't, they don't become hard hearted, usually. Yeah, and it's, we've, uh, what's kind of funny is like, um, we had a, one of our, like one of our, we have some vehicles that have been volunteered for camp use. And one of the four by four pickups uh, broke. Um, older vehicle, we've been putting through it hard use, and we needed to repair the front end. And we we're like, oh man, this is gonna, this could be up to thousands of dollars. And we're, you know, like we 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 could figure out how to raise the money. So we weren't terribly concerned. I was like, well, we just need the truck. And when we got the bill, it was uh, fourteen dollars. Oh, wow. And the the guys who are working on the truck found like they knew who our 
they knew who we were and what we were doing. And they says, we really appreciate what you're doing out there. And we thank you so much. So uh, you just have to pay for these little parts. And we've, uh, we volunteered our labor and we, we had some of these parts on standby that we put in there for you. And so we got our vehicle up and running again for 14 bucks out of the kindness from just these, you know, working class mechanics. Right. Right. Uh, Mark, I know you have such a heart for, for this and you and your whole family. I, uh, I kind of know Kimberly a bit and tell me what were some of the things that impacted you growing up that made you kind of feel this to, to take your time because it is time and effort. There's no doubt about it. It's a lot of work. <laughs> Anytime you get involved with anything like this. And uh, do you, can you think of something that maybe made an impact on you? Um, my mom and my dad have always showed me to the best of their ability on how to be a good relative. When, uh, you know, my mom's a, my mom's a Lakota, a Lakota woman. So there's always a pot of coffee going, there's always some food to eat. And it was expected that our relatives were going to stop by, we're going to visit. And while we visit, we're going to take care of them and try to be, do, do our best to be good hosts. And that it truly is. I lived with my aunt Joe on the Pine Ridge Reservation, Southwest corner. And I mean, there was always coffee on because right. that was just something you normally did. You offered people whatever you had, and and I know sometimes people would come uh, and need gas money and and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think we all have kind of a background that teaches us that these are the right things to do to help one another. Yeah, and it's it's uh it's also a remembering process and a learning process and you know, at camp uh I had to apologize to one of the lexies who he didn't feel like he was getting adequately taken care of and I was like, Oh no, I apologize, you know. We're we're trying to figure out how to be good hosts, we're we're doing our best to be good relatives and we're trying to have a little bit of humility of saying we don't have this all figured out. We're doing our best and we're learning all the time. And if people want to show up and help out Get in contact with us. Um, we're easy to get a hold of through the Cat Mini Luzaha uh, Facebook pages. Oh, okay. That was also a question. Uh, you know, if people would like to donate or, like you say, come and show up or need a list of perhaps things that are needed, you know, yep. what is some of the best ways to do that? Yep. I'll be right there. Uh, I actually have to go, but I'll just say this. Uh org and reach out to us through our Facebook page, through uh, Mini Luzaha Creek Patrol. Well, Mark, you know, I'm so glad. I know you're very busy, and I'm so glad you took the time to visit with me. And I like to give the person I'm talking to a Lakota value, and I would certainly give you the value of courage. And thank you for being on Lakota Link. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed our segment. You know, I I enjoy visiting with the people. And if you did, 
go to sandyswallowgallery.com where you can find my artwork and find some history and some background. Please subscribe to it or if you have some comments, we would love to hear your opinion. This is a new adventure for us and I value your opinion. This song is written and sung by my good friend, Quincy Goodstar. Lakota Link is here to share Lakota values. God bless you on your journey. Wopila, thank you for joining us. Take